Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I guarantee you they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Call or go online to order your very own Giza Dream Sheets. Giza Dreams feature a beautiful silky sateen weave that helps keep you cool and comfortable all night long. My Pillow Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors. For a limited time, when you use your promo code, Mike will send you a second set of Giza Dream Sheets absolutely free. That's two sets of sheets for the price of one. Just in time for colder weather, you can get Mike's new flannel sheets. Plus, get a second set absolutely free. Order now. Welcome back to Level Headed. I'm Jack Brewer with my good friend Mike Lindell. We are in Minnesota at the MyPillow headquarters and excited to be back, Mike. It's great to have you all here. Um, Jack came in uh, last time we were together. It was, it's only been about a week. Yeah, it's been a week, yeah, but it wasn't snowing the last time we were together. <laughs> so I, I landed, eh, Mike? And, you know, when Jose and I got off the plane and we saw all the snow. I looked over at him. He looked over at me and was like, this is not Florida. Right. That's absolutely right. <laughs> so welcome back, everybody. Level-Headed, as you know, uh, is the show that brings a level-headed approach to all the stuff that's going on in our world. Uh, we try to glorify God. Uh, we have conversations that a lot of folks are uncomfortable to have, mm -hmm. uh, uncomfortable with uh, at their kitchen tables. Right. Uh, and we really try to find balance and, and find and strike that point uh, that we all can be on the same page and at least, at least have common sense uh, when right. we look at different things. That's right, that's right. So Mike, I know that you had uh, <coughs> a big week uh, with your book launch, man. Yeah, yeah. So if yeah. folks don't know, it's out. It's out. What are the odds from crack addict to CEO? That's and right. It was really exciting. We went to, uh, after the last time you heard from us, we were with, with the prison. And then we went from there. We all went to New York, and I went on all kinds of shows there, <laughs> all kinds of media. That was a lot of fun. And then, uh, um, you know, it's, it's been a big, it's been a great launch, a media launch. I mean, we're still... I'm learning myself. I, I put a thing out about signing him. I ended up signing 6,000 books I, wow. the other day. I, was, I can sign seven, seven seconds per signature. That is amazing, Mike. <laughs> so I, so how's the reaction been, Mike? Your friends and your kind of yeah. close colleagues, because there's a lot of people close to you that are actually in this book. I was so, I've gotten the, the feedback that's meant the most, are, it's been coming from five different areas. The one is the people that grew up with me go, wow, I didn't realize what you were going through, you know, they just seen it from the outside, you know, all the stuff that goes through people inside when you go through things, because I put it right out there, all my feelings, everything in the book, yeah. what I was going through. They couldn't believe uh, I had uh, uh, Tommy Harris that was with yeah. us. He yeah. read the book cover to cover from last week. He, he sends me a text and he says, uh, he says, Mike, this is just incredible. It's going to help so many people. I said, Tommy, that means a lot coming from you. Yeah. You know? and, I, and, when and, I, and, and if you don't know, Tommy Harris is a perennial all-pro NFL player, one of the greatest college football and pro football defensive tackles ever. So yeah, just wanted to yeah. give that we reference. You know, and we be, he's a guy, it seems to be, he would tell it like it is. Yes, he, he will. I was with him for a week or, you know, four or five days there, and he was just, 
He cracked me up. He just puts it right out there. <laughs> no, he doesn't hold back. <laughs> and uh, then the other one, you know, I went on locally here on uh, CBS in Minnesota with Esme Murphy, and she, uh, um, she's actually in the book. And, and uh, I went on her show. Before I went on, she goes, Mike, I'm only through two-thirds of this. This book is going to, you know, same thing. It's going to help so many people. She was, she was so, she, I guess she reads a lot of books. She's very smart. She says, this is incredible. Uh, you know, writing this book, and you know what she couldn't believe, and she goes, "Who keeps uh, like a, you know evidence that all this stuff happened? You know, all these fourteen death experiences, and all this." But who she? One of the things that she goes, "I kept a Hardy's bag where it's written on there where the mafia was going to kill me back in 1980, yeah. and uh, I owed him money for football bets." I saw and that. She goes, and she puts it onto the screen. She goes, "Who keeps that?" And I said, "You know, the, knowing they're going to write a book someday." And yeah. for me. For me, this was all, uh, you know, I knew way back when I, oh, and then a friend of mine came in here just yesterday. He'd known me for 25 years. He says, you know, the first day I met you, this was in the, I think the late 80s or early 90s. He said, the first time I met you, you were talking about this book you were going to write that was going to help so many people someday. And, uh, and all the stuff we told him, you know, that has come to fruition. And he uh, actually works for him. You know, a lot of these guys that, a lot of them, and my friends that have quit, that have quit, uh, you know, crack and quit other addictions that they've read, and they go, wow, it's really going to help. Because my whole passion is that it does help people, and right. it does, it does, you know, you got, and you got more than just addiction in there. And we all know, you know, that one of my quotes in there is, addiction affects all of us, no matter how many forks you eat with. <laughs> well, you got entrepreneurship in there, yep. you got hope. This is the story of anybody needing hope. That's right. You know, I didn't come from a, you know, um, everything handed to me. I, I've, you know, I've lived in the streets. I've ate with, uh, you know, well now a little, a couple of times I've ate with more than one fork. I'm going, what do I do with all these forks? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's clear, Mike. And, um, you know, as, as I look at the reactions from people just being with you, man, it's been a, a pretty cool journey. Um, and, you know, you were on Fox Business and Yahoo Finance and Newsmax and You've been on with Sean Hannity, Maria Bartiromo, uh, Charles Payne, some of the biggest names, yeah. uh, biggest broadcasters yeah. on every network. And what I was thought, what it was really for me, the story about, you know, when I went on Sean Hannity, he's my yeah. friend, Sean, yeah. and he, and anyone that knows his show, uh, you know, the one time I was on a show, he goes, Mike, tell us your story. You got, we have one minute left. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and here's, you know, kid, it was, uh, probably the biggest show in the country, right. the, the radio. And he, and uh, he kept me on for 37 minutes. Wow. You know, I couldn't believe it. I'm going, Mike, you want to come back for after the break? You know, mm -hmm. and just being able, because he knows he, we talked in between and we talked about addiction. We talked about the hope. We talked about um, politics. We talked about all kinds of stuff in between. Go, this is going to help so many. Yeah. And that's why I, I think that's why I didn't ask him. You know, Sean, he, he didn't keep me on just because we're, you know, friends. Yeah. He kept me on because he, his message needs to get out there. Needs to get out yeah, there. It needs and, to get out there. And, and that's so true. And, and I actually, I, I watched one of your uh, interviews that really struck me because people see this and they think about, you know, Mike Lindell. Uh, who was a crack addict, but it's so inspirational to hear your story in business and all right, the things right, you went right, through. So yeah. there's a, there's a one particular interview I wanted to have our audience listen to, and that was with Charles Payne uh -huh. on making money with Charles Payne because right they really focused on that business, business side. Part of it, yeah. Yep, yeah. Check this out. So I think, how can you go from being a crack addict to a multi-millionaire? Just ask Mike Lindell. 
Uh, Lindell, he, he ha he's otherwise known as the MyPillow guy. I'm sure you know him. Self-made man. Pulled himself up by the bootstraps. He built his empire from scratch uh, with a foundation of sobriety. Mike joins us now to share his story. By the way, his new book, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO. And by the way, very innovative cover uh, with, with the changing <laughs> of the... Uh, Mike, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Okay. Uh, you, were, you, you know, I've heard bits and pieces about your story. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that you put it in the book. Explain to the audience, like, how did you go down this route in the first place? Well, you know, all addiction, this is my belief, that it's not a disease. It comes from wounds in childhood, trauma. Uh, it could be a divorce, fatherlessness, these things that manifest from childhood. I, my parents divorced when I was seven. I got put into a new school and trying to fit in, and all of a sudden your self-worth goes down. And I think, uh, then I, I couldn't talk. I wouldn't talk to people like strangers or people I didn't know because you don't get rejected if you don't talk. Right. And I got into cocaine then in the early 80s where then, I, boy, then I could talk. And then well, well, hold on. Uh, were you in school uh, after you came out of school after somehow? I came out of school, I got, I got into, you know, started cocaine. And then I was a very functioning addict for 20 years, raised a family. And by the way, in the book, too, I have all kinds of entrepreneurs. I've always been an entrepreneur, so I never gave up. I tried all kinds of different things, some successes, learned by my failures. And then, but it turned to crack cocaine in the early 2000s. And so so you were able to deal with powder cocaine. You were with a uh, so-called functioning, functioning, functioning. Uh, to, to a degree. I'm yeah, sure it's still yeah, impacting your life. It's not, I'm not, you know, any, any addiction is going to eventually, you know, have, affect you, you know. But the crack is what really... The crack is a different drug. I mean, it's, a, it was, it's very, um, um, very paranoia. It's very, anybody that says, I, didn't, you know, I invented the pill in 2004 and quit crack in 2009. And everyone's going, what? You know, well, there were two separate parallel tracks. And right. when I, I bent to the pillow about a year, I put everything I had into, you know, all my, because it made me feel good. I, you know, that self-worth. And I, I am someone then. When I sold my first pillow, I'm going, people are coming up and they're going, wow, this changed my life. Well, it made me feel good. It wasn't about the money. Right. And they I went, you know, but so was, the acceptance part of it made you feel good. In other words, society had done something good. You so know, you that, broke through that shyness that you had well, the, I didn't the, break through that till now after I quit. You do pretty good in this commercial. <laughs> you look like you broke through it. I mean, I'm opening my medicine cabinet. And there's you, Mike Lindell. How you doing? You're looking good. Uh, I'll tell you, after God set me free of my addictions in, in January 16, 2009, 11 years ago yesterday. And. When I was set free that, I still had where I couldn't really talk to people. I didn't feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. And we got up to that. We were still battling back to get my company back. There was so much betrayal. Well, then I, I did an infomercial. I told my friends and family, let's all pool our money and do an infomercial. Right. If no boxers will take us. Right. And we did that. And I, the first night we went to film, I just wanted a real audience and me to be in it. And the, the producer the night before, he texted the other guy, said, this guy's the worst I've ever seen. He'll never make it on TV. <laughs> and, uh, but, I, but he was kind of right. I, I was so shy the next day. But then I ended right. up it's af, after right. God set me free of that where I was able to talk to people, you know. Uh, you talk about the religious aspect of it, and I'm sure that's going to play a prominent yeah, role in the yeah, book. Uh, but again, you know, you're someone that so many people look up to, Mike. Uh, congratulations. Yeah. And really. I want to tell people, just never give up. And, you know, God has been, I, I owe it all to God. It's all right. got me through it. And folks, also, you should know about a new podcast called Level Headed uh, with Fox Business regular Jack Brewer, uh, Michael Lindell and Jack Brewer on the podcast. Yeah.
Good stuff. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. And I'm taking proceeds from the book and starting up the Lindell Recovery Network. It's going to help millions of addicts in this country. You can't, you can't help it. You love helping people. I love helping people. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Mike. So, Mike, man, that was incredible. It yeah, really was it really to hear was. Charles focusing on, on business and in, in, mm -hmm. in your story. Uh, what was it like just going through so many times where you could have completely went under, lost your business? You know, it's for me, I, so, so everything, so many things have happened to me with betrayal in business, with contracts I didn't sign, contracts I didn't look at for a lawyer because I couldn't afford one. All these mistakes I made, but you know what? If it, one of the things this book, you know, will come out is I, I went through the, the hard way and learned, but I learned from each one, each mistake and each good thing, yeah. and focused on the good thing. And I think, you know, for it's going to give entrepreneurs a lot of hope. And they and, uh, you know, my faith was a big part of it. I've never given up too. Right. I just, uh, even though I hadn't done a total surrender to Jesus, I still had faith that somehow it was all going to be okay. Yeah. You know, I think part of that my whole life kind of set me up for, for my pillow, this platform that, you know, that was for a much bigger thing. It was all these things that happened to for me in my life from having swords to my throat or guns to my head or a near-death experience with a parachute not opening <laughs> or, or being a functioning addict and all these entrepreneurial businesses, yeah. it, that gave me the strength for each time something terrible would happen I, you know, most times you can look back even in your business and say, wow, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be where I'm at today because I wouldn't have learned anything. That's right. So I tell entrepreneurs and businessmen all the time, if you're going to go into something new, for one, there's two things. You better love it. You better have passion love for it. it, number one. And number two, you'd learn all you can about somebody that's been in that business or somebody that's been, so you can eliminate the, the pitfalls of that, of that particular, whether it's a service business or an invention. Become an expert. And yep. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from my, Mr. My Pillow himself, Mike Lindell, uh, who's really set an example for a lot of entrepreneurs. We're going to hear from our uh, sponsors, uh, and we'll be right back in just a second, and we're going to come back and talk to you a little bit about addiction and some of the stories that uh, have been disappointing across America in regards to addiction, but hopefully with stories like Mike, you know, we can all bounce back. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I guarantee you they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Call or go online to order your very own Giza Dream Sheets. Giza Dreams feature a beautiful silky sateen weave that helps keep you cool and comfortable all night long. MyPillow Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors. For a limited time, when you use your promo code, Mike will send you a second set of Giza Dream Sheets absolutely free. That's two sets of sheets for the price of one. Just in time for colder weather, you can get Mike's new flannel sheets. Plus, get a second set absolutely free. Order now. Welcome back to Level Headed. I'm Jack Brewer with Mike Lindell. Uh, we're coming back talking about a little bit of addiction. Um, and, and Mike, we know that you know you had addiction uh, issues throughout your life. You've overcome them, and now you know we heard last segment about your incredible book. Uh, and I've watched you personally. 
uh, just inspire so many people you know, who were battling, you know, right, you made it right. okay to say that I was a crack addict, right, right, you right. know, you made it okay for people, <laughs> you know, and, and that's a big deal to yeah. bring that comfort, yeah. but man, I got to tell you, um, it's been a rough few weeks for me personally, um, just trying to digest a lot of the, the overdoses that are going on. It's horrible. Yeah. Particularly, man, in the hip-hop culture, right. and that's, you know, that's a culture that for me, is, is near and dear to my heart. I grew up, I was always a, a big fan of hip-hop and, right. you know, a lot of the rappers and artists that are out right. there. And, you know, now it seems like every few weeks, right. uh, one of these these kids, I'm going to call them kids because right. most of them are young, are yeah. dying. Absolutely. And it's not just, you know, the one thing, Jack, you said, you know, you talk about the hip-hop and, there, and you know, there's famous people, there's people, you know, before you had a stigma, I think, on addiction going, oh, that's people in the streets and they're, they're homeless and they're crack addicts, you yeah. know, like me. I wasn't. Yeah. I, there were times I were, but there was most of the time I was a functioning addict, yeah. you know, and now the, the difference is now they're all dying. You know, ah. so now everybody's going, wow, it could happen to my family, my kid. You know, you have, it doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Addiction affects, I said at the start of the show, addiction affects all of us, no matter how many forks you eat with. That's right. It's from, and um, I'll tell you what, I look at it right now as addiction is an opportunity in the, in, to, be, to manifest into the biggest revival in history. Yeah. I've said it before. Mm -hmm. That's the way I look at it. When I come out with my Lindell Recovery Network, yeah. You're taking, who's looking for hope? This is my book. My book, for me to come out with the one of the odds from Crack Addict to CEO, you know what it is? It's hope. That's right. And it's hope. And who's looking for hope more than addicts, addicts. or their families? That's right. So, you know, I've, I've said it before. I know, you know, I've talked to guys, you know, they, they say, well, you know what? People have to get down and out, way down before they look for hope. Mm -hmm. Well, that's true. And, uh, you know, you don't need the Great Depression or anything. We have it all around us now. We have addiction. And it's in here, they got two things going side by side right now. You have the best economy, the best thing. If you shut things up, going, we are in the best times ever. Best times. But yet sure. we have the, uh, um, the highest addiction, or maybe, you know, and where people are dying. Why is that? You know why it yeah. is? Is because God was taken out of our schools and stuff, and we went down a bad path, and addiction is the now the platform or the opportunity to get Papo have the biggest revival for Jesus in the history of the world. And, and, and to that point, and you, you're exactly right, because culturally now it's being pushed and accepted for a lot of these young kids to be on opioids, to yeah, pop pills. Yeah, yeah. And so, for example, uh, just less than a month ago, a uh, 21-year-old rapper who I happen to know personally, um, which, you know, tough for it to even talk about this, but her name was Lexi Allergy. Young, beautiful girl, uh, hip-hop artist. She's found dead, right? And then just yesterday, um, Juice World, who's another rapper, who actually was a rapper standing against all of the promotion of these drugs. Right. They found out that his death uh, came from, also came from a, an overdose. And so I, I guess to your point, yeah, we need God. Yes, we need Jesus. But for so many of these young kids, Jesus is not cool. Uh, right. and, and, and you got a culture now where rappers and singers are out there saying pop molly and pop pills. Right. And so when you're 13, 14, 15, 16 right. years old, right. if that is the actual music that is you're hearing right. in your ear, right. and that's what it seems cool, you know, and these are the people you look up to, and they're telling you to pop pills. Right. How do we stop it? 
Here's how we stop it. You've got everybody, the families, they're all looking for hope. Yeah. You know, when this something happens, like a death like this, that affects probably thousand people know about it. Or right. thousands, thousands, of thousands of people. Thousands these, of thousands. I mean, Mike, these artists, I mean, millions. Well, they're millions. So, and you I, know, mean, I mean, what and what it is, is, you know, yes, these kids and, you know, any... Any addicts, I don't believe it's a disease. Mm -hmm. I've told you this I before. Agree. I believe it's from wounds, your heart, your, your you need your heart restored. Right. And your wounds from childhood, fatherlessness. I, right. Mine here, this is, uh, there's a little kid on the back here that was seven years old when my parents divorced. Yeah. I was put into a new school, trying to fit in, divorces weren't common then. You know, I was, the, I was the head of my family as the oldest kid, and I'm taking care of my sisters, you wow. know. And, you know, things like that. But, you know, you have father wounds and you have, and then trauma, veterans end up with right. trauma. But things that happen or trying to, even trying to fit in. Mm -hmm. So you've got these wounds. And you now, you know, what we need is a revival. Right. My Lindo Recovery Network is going to be the hope. It's going to be the hope and then the help in there. And when, we, right. when that comes out, I want, I'm taking mm -hmm. all the good things in this country and bringing them, uniting them. Yeah. And saying, hey, how do we solve this problem? You know, just one, you know, there's different building blocks that I've been putting in over the last few years. One of them was the president when I was there when he signed the opiate bill. Mm -hmm. I mean, these amazing things. We're so blessed to have an administration that's behind to get rid of this and to solve this problem. Well, right. I'll tell you what, that's where God's put me in that position because I've been there. You, you, I've had very close people to me die of overdoses too. Mm -hmm. and, and this, to get this, the fastest way is to get their hearts restored and get a foundation of Jesus. Yeah, they, they, just because, you know, you go to a, you find Jesus, it ain't all, you know, you're not going to get every, I've said that before, you go to treatment or whatever, you get help, uh, you're not going to get, uh, it's not a country song gone backwards, your dog doesn't come back and your truck starts now and you're, and you're uh, you know, you're, every, everybody loves everybody, it's just yeah. a beautiful world. No, there's still things we're here on earth, you we're know. On earth. And, you know, and I just think that they, People need, if you're out there now, one of the things, go to, you need to go to a faith-based treatment center. You right. need to go to your church. Faith-based. Yeah, faith-based. Faith That's what works. You need your heart restored. You need to find out why you're an addict in the first place, just right. like in my book. It's right here in my book, what I did. Yeah. You know, when God freed me of the desire overnight, but I still went and found out why I was an addict in the first place. And you, were, and you go down, you dig deep down, you find out. Mm -hmm. And then you deal with them. And you did get your heart restored, and man, then you got some base, you got some strength. Yep. You, it's it's all about unworthiness, a feeling of unworthiness. Jack, if you told me in this, like in my book that I'd be talking someday, I couldn't talk to people. Yep. Can you imagine that? Man, I and you were talk. transformed. Yeah, you were transformed, and that's exactly what a lot of these kids are needing. They need um, that. You know, I was listening to Sean Hannity talk the other day. Actually, when he was in, in with you, you know, we're, we're losing almost 250 yeah, people a, a day. day. a day. And you know what? They need hope. An addict is out there, and they need hope. And they need yeah. to know myself. People see me, oh, yeah, there's hope. Wow, he went from a crack addict, a gambling holic, I mean, yeah. all these things, to where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. But everybody out there, what an addict needs to see, too, is they need to see people their own age right. that have made it through, which I'm, this platform's going to show them that, too. There will yeah. be, like, little hope matches. Right. Remember that word, hope, hope match. matches. Hope match. They're going to see. And right now, if you, have a, if you have an addict out there, if you have a kid, you know, he's 20 years old or he's 19, and he's just kind of lost, and you're worried about, you know what? F 
Find, there's got to be somebody you know that's 19 or 20 that made it through and said, look, at, there is, you can beat this. Right. They need to know. They might say, I don't care about that, whatever. But deep down, they're going, like all my friends that were crack addicts, they all quit. Every one of them. That and is it, amazing. They, every single one of them has quit. Yep. And, and some of them quit before you yep. and after. Yeah, before but, and after. But I, yeah. I think that point is one that, you know, most of us, anyone who's watching out there, Remember, it's our obligation to serve. And so what Mike's talking about, the revival that, that Mike's bringing up in regards to getting back to God requires us, yeah. right? 250 people a day dying right. means each one of you and myself right. knows someone being affected by this addiction. So if we're not willing to go out there and lend a helping hand or try to get these folks some faith-based treatment, then these problems are going to continue right, to right. persist because... In, in the hip-hop world, and now I'm talking to all those rappers out there, you know, from the top, from Jay-Z to Sean Puffy Combs to whomever is listening right now, it's time to step up. It's time to go out and stand against all of this addiction and stop allowing these kids to promote this music and, that is killing our babies. I, I mean, we got to be, we got to man up. You know, right. keeping it real doesn't mean that you continue to allow such nasty evilness to continue to happen to our babies. It's not cool to pop pills, ladies right. and gentlemen. That's right. Absolutely. It's not cool to pop pills. Absolutely. And so I know this segment has lasted a little while, but you know, we're going to go back uh, to our to our sponsors, hear from them, take a quick break. We'll be right back. And this time we're going to talk a little bit about Mike's Hope Report, uh, talk about our incredible week last week, uh, and just try to, you know, bring in big glory to God a little bit more. This is Level Headed. I'm Jack Brewer with Mike Lindell. We will be right back. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell. And as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I guarantee you they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Call or go online to order your very own Giza Dream Sheets. Giza Dreams feature a beautiful silky sateen weave that helps keep you cool and comfortable all night long. My Pillow Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors. For a limited time, when you use your promo code, Mike will send you a second set of Giza Dream Sheets absolutely free. That's two sets of sheets for the price of one. Just in time for colder weather, you can get Mike's new flannel sheets. Plus, get a second set absolutely free. Order now. Welcome back to Level Headed. We are in Minneapolis at the My Pillow headquarters. Uh, here with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Mike Lindell. Uh, we've had a fun show so far. Boy, it's been an exciting, action-packed, and tiring few weeks, Mike. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the people that hung around us, we kind of, they're going, come on, come on, here we go, keep going, keep going. <laughs> they're not answering our phone calls, they're not responding to our text messages. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but Mike... You know, last week, I, I think, you know, right when I left you, I think it was Saturday, uh, and I got a call from a, from a buddy, actually, from, from Lee, and he said, come over and have dinner with oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have much going on, and so I go to Mar-a-Lago for dinner, not really knowing what to expect. I was just going to grab some, right. some food, and then about 30 minutes into dinner, here comes President Trump walking in, and so, 
You know, when I got there, it took about 45 minutes to even get in because of the security. Yeah. And I guess they had um, the policeman's ball okay. uh, that, that same day. So there's like 3,000 people oh, in this, wow, in this venue. Right. And so I walk in there finally, and I'm sitting down for dinner. And here comes President Trump, and he gets to the front of the place. Everyone's standing, clapping. Uh, and then he, he does one of these to me with his finger. Did you go like this? I was like, <laughs> I was kind of stunned at first. I was like, what's going on? Uh, and, you know, I wasn't even thinking about the UFC fight. You yeah, know, I knew, right, it, was, I knew right. it was happening, but that was the last thing on my mind. So yeah. I walk over to the president, and he shakes my hand, you know, say, how you doing? Thank you for everything. And he was like, you guys should come watch the fight with me. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> he was like, I got, a, I got a big TV screen over here. He said, y'all come watch the fight with me. And it was right by where he lives, right yeah, by his yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's hundreds of people right. in this restaurant. And so right. he leaves me, and then he goes and walks over about three tables away from me, and he's talking to Bill Belichick. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't even realize Bill was in the, in the room. Right, right. And so I guess he asked Bill to come watch because about an hour later, um, after the president went and freshened up, uh, they asked me to come come back, and yeah, I got yeah. a chance to watch the That's Conor right. McGregor right. fight uh, right. with the president. Well, so then, cool. so then here I am. We had left. We we had both left from New York, both of us, and, and uh, so I'm uh, I'm somewhere in northern Florida, and uh, I get a text from Jack, and he goes, "I'm watching the fight with the president." And I look at it, I'm going, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and, I go in, and I'm looking at it to see if it's a cutoff. I just kind of put it down, and I got another text from him about something not completely unrelated. And I'm going, wait a minute, that isn't a cutout. I go, <laughs> I go what do you mean? You man? asked me, was it a cutout? No, I, did. I, I put like... out there my text, is this a cutout? You know, so, but that's pretty cool. And then Jack said, you know, they talked about, you know, you got to tell them about the, um, um, you know the stuff that well, he knows what you're doing yeah. out there. Yep. You know he knows where you know where you come from, yep. how you got. You know, you go wow, this stuff here. Now it's all common sense common thing sense. when it comes to politics. That's one thing people need to know about this show. I come from a place I didn't know anything about politics. I was the next crack addict, okay. And to, you know, I had to learn what a liberal and conservative was and all this. But I do know where common sense fell, and that's when I met Donald Trump. And I'm going, wow, this is common sense. Jack, you come from a place where you you were you were brainwashed basically that brainwashed. oh the, the black community we're going to get this and this and this and For it years. kept the promises keep coming and coming coming and you know and it's like you know explain what do you think the block is that because a lot of my friends you know I did so much in this, right here in Minneapolis and yep. all of them have that same block a lot of mine now because they've seen me how I got so involved yep. and they've gone wow it is true things are better now. But I mean, for you, what do you think it was for you that was blocking it? I mean, just to see, could it, it, you it see a, it around you? It was a lot. Actually, you know what? That's a good segue, Mike, because I got a chance to talk about this with Neil Cavuto uh -huh. on Fox. And I want everyone to listen to this, and then we'll come back for comments. Right. So, Jack, you had previously campaigned for former President Obama, and now you support President Trump. What was that moment? that made the shift or caused that shift in support? Uh, for me, it was, you know, once, once I saw the policies that President Obama pushed uh, in the back half of his uh, presidency, it just kind of, it, it left a, a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, and then, you know, I really start being awakening 
uh, to what was happening with the Democratic Party, uh, making so many promises, but then abandoning the community that I work so hard in. Uh, I work with kids that are underserved uh, throughout the country uh, and just try to help them. And then you see that, you know, the Democratic parties are actually the ones that were locking them up. You know, the 1994 crime bill, you know, Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton uh, pushing this rhetoric onto our country uh, and just taking fathers out of the homes uh, of black families across America. Uh, I said enough was enough. And I really started, you know, putting putting aside what my, my parents and grandparents taught me uh, about sticking to the Democratic Party because they were the party for African Americans. You know, all that rhetoric sounded good back in the 60s. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the facts are is, is the policies just don't help. So you guys all heard, you know, I had a good conversation with my buddy Neil and you know, it, it was amazing to see how the president reacted um, to me and the things that he was really sincere about. And, you know, he was asking questions and, you know, I'm watching him, Mike, and, and you said something before about this. He went and asked all those Secret Service guys, hey, you want to come watch the fight? Yeah. Every person yeah, that yeah, worked yeah. for him, he was, hey, are you doing okay? Yeah. And so... He cares. He cares so oh, much. It's amazing. It's and just, so you, you asked me kind of how I woke up. I woke up because I stopped putting my um, my feelings and my thoughts in, 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 into things that really weren't there. Right. So I was hoping, and just because my mom or my, or my dad or someone in my family told me that Democrats mean this or that, I put all my heart and soul into that. Right. But when I started looking at the facts right. and I started looking at the data, I quickly realized that President Trump has actually passed the policies that Democrats have promised my entire life. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, and I went, um, I was I teach in the prisons, as, as you all know, right. um, and I was in my prison uh, two days ago that I teach. Uh, it's a federal prison. Mm -hmm. And so the federal prison are the ones that actually get to take advantage of the First Step Act. Right. Wow. And so I asked my class, I said, how many of you have gotten your sentences reduced from the First Step Act? And 50% of them raised their hand. Wow. And so you think about that. I'm here. I'm, you know, I, I, I've become friends with these guys. You right, know, I, I'm right. here trying to help them make sure they don't right. go back to prison. And I right, care about right, them. Right. And so people that I'm actually touching are being affected by this right. president in positive ways. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, yeah. And, and we can't deny that because we may not agree with his tone or we may not agree with how he speaks. Because it's bigger than that. You know, right. one day Donald Trump will not be president. Right. They, uh, but the policies that he passed or passes are going to carry on. Are working. It's like me. I didn't know anything about, you know, I didn't think politics were important. Yeah. I really did. And then God put me in this position. I get a divine appointment in the summer of 2016 before he's elected. And I go, Wow, if it is important, I'm going all in. This going is such in. common sense. Because he was saying things to me about what he was going to do, bringing right. jobs back. You know, When I came out of my addiction, my friends were all unemployed. I got yeah. a president giving money to an evil empire. All the, you know, all kinds of terrible things. People are losing their houses. I had already lost yeah. mine. You know? <laughs> but, they, uh, but now you know, now I look around me. I went, in, when I went all in in 2016, and I went in on faith. And... Now I can look at people all around me and say, aren't you guys glad, you know, what he's done? Because you see how, I see how politics affects everything, including my platform to help addicts. Do you no. know the stuff he's done with the opiate bill and the stuff he's doing that we kept being so wanting to rid this, uh, this country of addiction and drugs? Well, you know, let me tell you, 
um, there's states. There's like all this bureaucracy, like there's like 38 states where you have to be, uh, I think it's like 38, yeah. where you have to go to college and stuff to like four years of college before you can be a counselor to somebody on, about drugs or alcohol right. or addiction or any addiction. And I'm going, any addict that's out there, do I want to hear from somebody that's been in college and never been an addict? You need right. to, I want to hear from someone that's made it through and been where I've been. Right. So when you roll Real back, people. when you roll back these regulations and these things to allow the things to get done, I do business right now, and I'll, I'm going to throw a business thing out there. I'm not going to get specific, but there is a state, it's a very big state on the West Coast, and all these lawyers come out of there and they attack on, on, the, on, these, on these little things. You can't even do business. Right. They're just, you got you, and they're, they're trying to, you know, they're doing all these, passing these frivolous laws so they can make money, and, right. they, they, and they, you know, and look, what they're, look at the shape they're in. And now I see the stuff that's being done by this great president. That's helping so many people. It's gonna get to. It's gonna get to everyone. Yeah. Even the ones that don't want it. Yeah, like I said before, Jack. Everybody loves our president. Some just don't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you all probably know, Conor McGregor, the UFC fighter who we were talking about before, just made a big statement. I mean, he had an incredible win um, this past week. He, right. he he ended this guy in 40 seconds. Mike, it was a quick fight. The president was just, <gasps> and you know, he was he was all in it. And I was watching with Bill Belichick. But the next day, um, after the fight, uh, Conor McGregor put out a tweet, and it said, "Phenomenal president." It said, "He is the greatest of all time." Oh, right, awesome. call him the goat, which is greatest of all time. And he said, "Most certainly one of them, anyway." As he sits atop the shoulders of many amazing giants that came before him, no easy feat. Early stages of term also. Incredible. Congrats and happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day, America. Yeah. So that was on MLK Day. Yeah, and, awesome. And, yeah. Yeah. and it, was, it was just so fitting that Connor said that, yeah. you know, on that day. Right. Uh, and, you know, the president, as I've always said, has done so much for African Americans yeah. through his policy. Absolutely. Right? Not through his lip service. Yeah, right. Through his, through his policy. And, they, and, and people, everyone needs to hear about that. And they're going to. They're yep. going to hear more and more. They're going, you know, look around you. You know, don't listen to that, all that noise out there that's fake impeachment garbage and all this stuff. Yep. It's crazy, yep. you know. It I is mean, crazy. They call me, the media calls me all the time. And, they, and you know, one of the things that's out, that came out the, uh, the other day, you know, Mike, are you running for, came out the headlines, you know, Mike, are you running for governor of Minnesota? Yep. And I, you know what? I will think about that, and I am kind of thinking about it because, you know what, if God puts me in that, you know, it says, you know, to run, I'll pray about it, whatever. But I look around and I'm going, there's so many, I'm in Minnesota, there's a lot of stuff that I don't agree with it's still being done yeah. that hasn't been changed and people that are in charge and that does, and I'm going, this is common sense. I learned common from sense. a president of how, what, what common sense and good, good morals, good practices can do. And no matter what people say about you, and, and Mike, and that's why, you know me, I'm a fan of you running uh, for governor here because I think not just for the state of Minnesota, I think you'll set an example uh, for the entire nation right. because I think leaders like yourself will be untra untraditional, right. common sense. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to actually be the next phase of unifiers yeah. because I want to unify. I, you know, people come up to me. I'm not. I don't know. I didn't know a Democrat from a Republican. Yeah. I'm going right here. This is where I'm at. I do. You know, I have stuff that I'm going over here. That you know, people come up to me all the time, no matter what side they're on. They go, Mike, I love what you're doing. You yeah. know, I love what you're doing. That you know, there's common sense ways to do things on both sides that are right. just that work. And we as a, you know, we are in. You know, the, Donald, our president has set up. 
the greatest economy in history. Greatest now let's economy. just unify. And you know what? Because there's one end goal. We all want to have a joyful, happy life. Joyful, happy life. And, and, and you are already so passionate, Mike, about yeah. the inner city. You're, yeah. you're passionate about helping those that don't have. You've been lifting people up. Obviously, you employ um, hundreds of over thousands of people. Right. Um, and so, you know, I think just to continue that messaging is going to be key. You know, the president said, you know, it's exactly three years ago today, January 20th, that I was sworn into office. Uh, he said, so appropriate that today is also MLK Junior Day. African-American unemployment is the lowest in the history of our country right. uh, by far. Also, best poverty, youth, and employment numbers ever. Great. And so, you know, I'm going to end, end our segment on that, Mike, because Absolutely. I think yeah. that is really what it's about. You can't deny it. Right? People can say what they want to. That's why this show is so important, mm -hmm. level-headed. We're not going to back away from the reality of the situation. You know, I'm a black man from Texas sitting next to my white brother from Minnesota, uh, and we, we, see, we see eye to eye. We see things very similar, and we try to keep a level head. I'm Jack Brewer with Mike Lindell. Uh, we'll throw, throw back to our sponsors real quick, and we'll see you for our last segment. We'll be right back.